Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. You're listening to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students and teachers from being the mathematicians they can be. So if you are new to real math, like what we like to call real math, or your students are new to real math, you may have been listening to the podcast a while, or maybe you've participated in a webinar, but you're not really sure how to get started. What are the first steps? How do you get kids involved? Hey, we've got some tips for you today. So the first thing that we want to mention is that we feel like it is crucial to build a strong mathematical community. So what do we mean by that? We mean that it needs to be a safe space for students who may be sharing their own thinking for the first time. And you have to be intentional about creating that space. It doesn't just happen overnight. We also think that you want to build community by showing curiosity and actually mean it. (laughs) We, We think that it's important that you are vulnerable with your own thinking and respect different thinking. We also think that we need to teach students how to disagree or have alternate approaches because that's going to happen when you actually honor thinking in your classroom. And we also think that it's incredibly important that you institute wait time for your students because not everyone's going to come to some sort of um, thinking at the exact same time. In fact, that's probably one of the things lately I've been noticing, I don't know, maybe more than... uh in the past, maybe I've gotten better at it or something's happening with the groups of students I've been working with lately, specifically with wait time. I'm looking at a student, I've asked a question, the student's thinking and someone dives in to save the student. Oh yeah. That's a moment where we can say, oh, actually she doesn't need, he doesn't need to be saved. Like he's got it. She's got it. Don't worry about it. Mm Mm-hmm. If you allow students to dive in and save, that is sending the implicit message that you don't, you think that student needs to be saved. Yeah. That that student needs some help, that they don't have the wherewithal to think about it, that, that everything you just said about creating a safe space and being intentional about it 
and really being curious about how someone's thinking, yeah. all of that can be sent in the message when you can say, oh, oh, oh they, they, this person, that, that person's got it. They, yeah. They've got it. Like, like, give them time. They could think. And I think oh. the respectful thing to do, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, I think the, the respectful thing to do is to teach very early on that you're going to ask, do you need time or help? We've mentioned this before, mm, that sometimes people need time and sometimes they may ask for help, but we're going to put that on them. We're going to ask them, would you like help? Do you need some help in some way? Do you want us to help open up the thinking with you? Um, they get to ask for someone to yes. save them if they need it. But but yeah. uh, but until they right. ask, it, they, they get to they get some time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Nicely said. Cool. So it's going to be important as you begin with students, as if you say you have a, a new group of students and you're thinking, all right, how can I like set up this to be the best situation possible? Set intentional goals to build that safe community that Kim just right. talked about. So another thing that we're going to uh, suggest as you think about how can we sort of really get more real math happening May I wonder where you are on kind of a continuum as you think about how much you want to do. I kind of think about teachers that are kind of on one side of the continuum that want to kind of dip your toes in. You're, you're, you're interested. You're been listening to the podcast. You're like, this is interesting. I want to see how this is going to go. I want to try some stuff. So you're, you're kind of on one side of the continuum where you want, you're not on the other side. So if I'm looking at the other side of the continuum, you want to change everything. You're like on a dime, you're going to turn and you like all of it. I could totally uh, see and respect how we might have teachers that want to try some things. We might have teachers in the middle of the continuum that want to try more things. We mm -hmm. might have teachers on the far side of the continuum that want to try all the things. Let's kind of walk through that continuum a little bit. And what well, are, I, go ahead. Can I just jump in for a second? Because there is no right or wrong side of the continuum. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We want to respect the fact that teachers are, in fact, I'm kind of the crazy that's on the end of like to change everything, but there's some downsides to that because I'm going to make a lot of uh, mistakes sooner. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's good for y'all. Cause I'll tell you what they are. And then you don't have to make them. <laughs> um, but there's downsides to both sides to, to everywhere. And so there's also upsides to everywhere. Yes. Um, I've met a lot of people that will change very, uh, just a few things very deliberately Yep. And very thoughtfully, and they end up doing some things um, more deliberate and thoughtful than I might do, or someone that's a little further on the continuum. So it's not about being right or wrong. It's about where you are, if we're going to offer some things for you to consider. So maybe identify where you sort of think you are on that continuum of try a few things, try more things, try even more things, try all the things. Where are you there? And then uh, let's give you some ways to think about that. All right. So as you think, about maybe trying a few things. So I'm going to be on that side of the continuum. You're like, I'm, you know, Pam, I'm tentatively interested. I want to kind of see how some of this would go. May I recommend that you carve out some time, that you not only find the time, make the time, right. but you also, but you also set it aside in students' minds, in your mind. And what do I mean by that? I mean, maybe you're going to have, uh, you're going to commit fun Fridays, or Marvelous Mondays, or um, Watch Out Wednesday, where you're going to take 15 minutes and you're going to do a problem string. I would recommend that the first thing that you try with students are some short, powerful problem strings. So what do I mean by carve out the time? Well, A, I do mean make the time, set it aside, commit that you're going to take that time to do it. But also 
set it aside in students your in your in students' brains and in your brain, where you say to them, "Hey, during this time, it's going to be a little different. During this time, I'm going to do some different things that, that you haven't seen other places. I'm going to maybe." do some teacher, I wouldn't say teacher moves to students, but you might see me ask different questions. You might see me pause longer. Uh, I'm going to use this private signal because we're not going to raise hands during this time. It gives you a chance to set aside, set apart this time to be different than the rest of your time. Mm -hmm. That way students don't expect, like if you say, Hey, show me a thumbs up and you do it during a problem string. And then when you're doing sort of whatever you do normally during your class period, you're not going to have students going, well, why aren't we doing that then? Miss, what's wrong? What's, you know, what, what? I thought we were doing this now. And you can kind of get rid of some of, or at least da- tone down some of the, the that pushback the kids might have because, because you're purposefully saying during this time, we're going to do this thing. It's mm-hmm. not going to permeate everything else yet. That can um, protect you a little bit from some of that uh, just kind of, I don't know how to categorize that, Kim, sort of that pushback or that poking that kids might do. Yeah. Well, you might find greater success in it because you'll be able to be super consistent in those periods of time as it becomes a new habit for you. Yeah. So yeah, instead of trying to do it all the time and you know that's not going to work and then you get down on yourself and you're not as consistent as you want to be, just for 15 minutes, you're going to try to be as consistent as you can be, try to implement that during that time, a good problem strength facilitation then yeah, the the chance for success is higher. So, Mm -hmm. so that idea of carving out some time committing, uh, I would recommend a problem string a week. If you commit to a problem string a week, you'll probably get a problem string most weeks. There's going to be some weeks where something happens. There's going to be an assembly or whatever, but if you can, you know, like say to yourself, I'm like, it's, and and then, and then like, it's going to be wonderful Wednesday where we do this, whatever you want. You don't have to call it something, but, but just so it's sort of set aside that could be on that side of the continuum that you want to try something. My high, uh, strong recommendation is um, a problem string. Or I will also say I have you need could also be a really nice beginning point. So that could be something that you do. I don't know that you need 15 minutes for that. So I, I have you need could be the thing that you do when you have five minutes left in a class period. Mm-hmm. You have five minutes left with four specials. You have five, you have this random sort of weird five minutes. And because you teach bell to bell, you know, you're like always teaching. There's always learning going on. When you have <laughs> that random five minutes, that's where you could sort of dump in. I have you need. If you want to know more about I have you need, we'll put the link to that in the show notes. So those would be some very beginning steps. Uh, again, kind of carve out that time. This is what we do during that time. Yeah. What if you want to try more things? Then I would recommend again that you carve out some time. But now carve out some time every day. So now say to yourself, I'm going to find five minutes every day to play I Have You Need. Now, Mm -hmm. every time you say uh, every day, let's be realistic. It's going to be three to four times a week because, again, an assembly is going to happen. Specials are going to go long. Like something's going to whatever is going to you need more time for blank. But if you say every day, then it's going to happen four, maybe three times a week, but four times a week, then you're going to play I Have You Need. Um, play I have you need and set aside 10, 15 minutes to do a problem string. So if you want to try more, the things to start with, you might be like, Pam, you said that for the people are, yeah, yeah. Because the most important things to start with are problem strings. Yeah. And then also I have you needs going to help you build relationships that can be, that can become helpful in those problem strings. Now, once you get that settled and you're like, okay, we've done problem string four times this week. Then in that fifth day, then you could do one of the instructional routines that we really like. So uh, you can go to the instructional routines page on the website and check out 
uh, relational thinking. Check out as close as it gets. Um, you could do a count around. You could do, uh, you could play one of our games. So you could try one of those things because you've carved out that 10 to 15 minutes every day. Now you've got that time. So now you can begin to dabble with which one doesn't belong and, and other kinds of instructional routines uh, that can start to get student thinking going. Students mm -hmm. start to see uh, different kinds of reasoning. You get a chance to practice all of that as you try more things. Yeah, absolutely. And this is probably for, for many listeners, the start of the school year or close to the start of the school year. Mm -hmm. um, and these are really great routines to start mathematical conversations, like we mentioned in building community. So these routines that are found on the website are short. They're about focused. building. Yeah, very focused. They're about getting kids talking and thinking about relationships and patterns. That also has to go along with something else that I wanted to mention, um, which is your students will start considering what you celebrate. A lot of your mm. students, if they have been in the realm of it's about answer getting and about one problem, one answer, this is the one way you do it, you have a really great impact on changing their thinking based on what you celebrate. And Pam, you, you and I have talked about this before about how did we get kids really talking? And, and I think you might've actually been the first one to point it out to me that what I celebrated in my classroom was, was like, yeah, okay, we got the answer or I'm, I'm not really interested in that quite yet. What I'm interested in is how, you know, and like, what relationships did you use? And, and I don't know that I'd ever really considered that. And I think you pointed out to me, but, but we all as teachers have that possibility in our classrooms. And as soon as we can help our kids recognize that, oh, what, what he's interested, what she's interested is what they're interested in is my thinking. And that's going to help shift for your students, what they want to share with you. Yeah. That's what's gets celebrated in this class. It's not the answer. Uh, it's not, it's not just me doing a bunch of steps that I learned last year. Like I just did those. I got the answer mm -hmm. and the teachers just kind of like brushed over me, just kind of like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, look at over there. Like share that. That's whoa, you guys, look how interesting that is. And, and students kind of naturally gravitate toward what's being celebrated in class. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely very, very important. Yeah. Nice. I want to mention one other thing that you, you didn't mention when you were listing out some of the cool routines is that you intentionally put out problems every single week on Wednesday nights in Math Strat oh, yeah. Chat. And that is a phenomenal way. Once you get kids on board with um, problem strings and that's a routine that you do and they, and they know what to do and they love it, you can also introduce Math Strat Chat to kids because it's a fantastic way to pull out different ways of thinking, get them involved on, you know, if they're, if they're older and they're in social media, you can get them involved. You can go to the website, pull up a variety of problems that we have on Instructional Routine Hub and just pick a problem and have kids share their thinking about the problem. And then look, it's linked to what others around the world have done to solve that problem. It's a fantastic way to get kids thinking. And some teachers are starting to use those problems with their students and then post on social media some yeah. of the strategies that students are using and getting feedback from other people. Yes. And then you can show that to your students. You know, like, look, check out what people around the world are saying about how you all solve this problem. It's totally, it's a great way to get your students involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you might be on the far end of the continuum where you want to try all the things. You want to organize your, like literally what you teach every day to build more and more real math. You don't want to do the same old, same old that you've been doing. And you're like, Pam, I want to reorganize all the things. So if I could give you a vision about how to start thinking about that, 
the way that I look, say if I were to come into your class and I was going to teach a, t- a two-week unit, uh, I was going to be your long-term sub, I would look at what did you want to accomplish in that unit, that unit of study, the sort of thing that you're about to do. And I would focus around a few rich tasks that really help students grapple with the ideas, really invite students into scenarios and contexts that invite the mathematizing, invite students to really grapple with the relationships that are happening, invite them to consider what's actually happening so that the math is realizable, um, to use a word from Kathy Fosno. And so I'm going to consider those big, rich tasks. And then I'm going to think to myself, how can I get those ideas percolating? I think about the first rich task. How can I get those ideas bubbling up in class that need to be happening so that we get really good, rich conversations during this rich task? So students have an entry point into this rich task, like even to the point where I might say, ooh, this multiplication problem is going to come up. I know it's a most missed multiplication problem. I might do a problem string before that rich task with that multiplication problem to just get those that that sort of happening in class because you're thinking about the relationships. And then it's kind of fun when the rich task happens. It's almost as if the kids had the idea themselves. They're like, hey, like I know that. Like I've dealt with that recently. I don't even remember mm. when. But I've, I and and then they they're able to because that's now sort of sort of pinging for them, those relationships are hot in their brain then they can kind of use them. And now things happen in the rich task because those ideas were kind of bubbling up um, beforehand. Then in that rich task, we, we grapple and, and the kids are, are really thinking and reasoning and making sense of what's going on. And we have a class Congress where we bring those ideas together and we might compare what's happening or we might uh, think about some of the, the pitfalls or the tracks people took that were, were down a rabbit hole and why did, didn't that work? And we might have this really great conversation about the things that were happening in the rich task. And then I might ask myself, based on what just happened, what's something that we could kind of cinch? What's something that we could bring to some closure from, because we had lots of different really cool things happening in the rich task. What's something that we kind of use a problem string to cinch? And then I'll do that problem string. I'll sort of do a problem string that will help get that idea, bring it more to abstraction, more to closure. I might follow that within the next day with another problem string that continues to cinch that idea. Or a different problem string that cinches a different idea that came up in that problem, uh, in that rich task. Then we move on to the next rich task. And I think to myself, what problem strings could I do to get those ideas percolating and, and bubbling up in class that need to be happening for the second rich task to sort of be successful in class? And then we do those problem strings into that rich task, etc. And then I think about as I have those rich tasks, kind of those are the main, those, those uh, main rich tasks that I'm, I'm going to develop the concepts and really what's happening in that unit of study. Then I think, okay, these are the problem strings that are kind of coming in and out of them. And what other routines might I bring up that can support this thinking? Mm-hmm. I might also then consider what are some of those instructional routines and problem strings that I could be having off in this um, kind of off track that will keep the ideas and other concepts and, and, and things that we've been grappling with before that, that could kind of be keeping those going, mm-hmm. sorry, or be leading towards things that I know are coming up in the next unit of study. What are some mm-hmm. things that I could get happening now in this kind of off track that could be getting ideas we could be working on them. So here's an example in high school where I could be using our factor puzzles to help students start to think about what numbers do I multiply to get that product that I would add to get that sum. 
And I start thinking about having missing numbers and students are doing all of that work just with numeracy before we ever get to factoring quadratics. So whatever it is, what could we get sort of happening? I could be doing problem strings and, and routines in that kind of off track to get them sort of ready for the next unit of study. Now, y'all, that's a lot to think about, but, but we're not suggesting everybody do that. We're suggesting those of you who want to, there's a way for you to kind of think about a vision of how your curriculum yeah. could kind of be structured. And again, anywhere on the continuum is a great way to get started. Absolutely. Another thing that you can do very soon is that you may have heard that we do challenges a couple of times a year. In fact, we have a challenge coming up this next week. We're super excited about it. It's for everybody. Pam, what's a challenge and what does it look like to participate? Absolutely. So we call it the You Can Change Math Class Challenge. Y'all, you might be familiar with challenges that are out there. Challenge, get healthy in 30 days. Challenge, eat more uh, health, more nutritionally in, in two weeks. Or challenge, learn how to blank in uh, two days. What? There are all sorts of challenges out there that are different lengths and that help you do different things. What's common about a challenge is that we all start with a common goal Mm -hmm. And then you learn uh, whatever, whoever's giving the challenge teaches you during the challenge. Um, and then you come out better. You know the things because in a challenge, you not only learn, but you're given tasks to do right away to implement what you're learning in the challenge, get quick wins. And then with all that momentum that you've built up, go right into using whatever it is that you learn in the challenge. So our challenges, the You Can Change Math Class Challenge is all about helping you as a teacher change your class to teach more and more real math. So we choose a focus. Uh, by the way, the challenges are all different. We'll tell you ever if there's sort of a repeat. We haven't had that so far. The challenges are different where we focus on an area of teaching real math. And then we dive in and we teach more and more. What are the things that you can do as a teacher to teach more and more real math. And we do problem strings. We do rich tasks. We do routines. Uh, we talk about strategies, whatever it is that the, it's the focus, but more than the podcast in the podcast, we can only be verbal. And we kind of give you this 20,000 foot view of all the things in the challenges. We get more in an on the ground, like how do we make this work? Because then we give you assignments for quick wins where you can, um, gain momentum and really get excited about teaching more and more real math. Absolutely. You can register now for our next, you can change math class challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash change. So everybody register for our upcoming challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash change. Love to see you there live on zoom. It's a blast. I always have a really good time doing those. So thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.